I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is Jimbo Paris here again. And today we have Michelle Vandepass. She is the publisher at Race Point Publishing, and she essentially focuses on being an author, speaker, coach, motivational speaker. And she's here to talk about her life and, you know, what she does. And I kind of will leave this a surprise, but let's get started here and kind of figure out what she's about. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, you know, the privilege is all mine. So I think one thing is, can you tell me a bit about who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? Yeah, that's a lot. I'm happy to just dive right in. Well, it's early in the morning here. You got me up early this morning, so I'm actually working from home in my beautiful home in Colorado. And, you know, kind of a, a side interesting fact about me is I have 40 goldfish in, a, in my greenhouse that nurture here in Colorado Springs. I am a publisher. I've been in the publishing world about 25 years, mostly consulting, but I do own a traditional publishing company, do lots of consulting for self-published authors and people who want to start their own publishing company and so forth. So I've been in this world a long time and like most things, it's changing rapidly. Why did you get involved in publishing? Well, I wrote and published my first book 25 years ago. And, you know, back then it was called Vanity Publishing, still is in some circles. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Sometimes we have a message, we have something we want to share. There's something in our heart that says, uh, go ahead and get our work out into the world. And so 25 years ago, I was a marketing consultant for small businesses. And I published my first book about marketing. That's me. <laughs> and... Uh, I published my book about marketing and I learned all about how to do offset printing and how to publish. And so that's how it started. And over 25 years, it's evolved. Since COVID, I've published about 150 books and consulted with hundreds more people about making sure they get a book out that doesn't look self-published. Looks like it's professionally published, right? Because even self-published, you can have a professionally published book if you do it correctly. What's been going on in your life that um, you didn't really expect or you found that was interesting or out of the ordinary? Oh, my. Well, there's so many things, right? Um, we just have to pay attention to what's going on around us every day with crazy um, weather, right? I mean, in Colorado, we get sometimes softball-sized hail, like big hail that can destroy everything. And that's nothing to do with work, but it might put your internet out for a couple of days. I live in the mountains. My electric can go out, pull up my generator, right? Stuff that uh, uh, feels very, very rural. And all of those things affect your business, also affects your mindset. Because if you don't have the right mindset, you're like, woe is me and feel victim to all of it. AI has certainly changed publishing, uh, both for good and bad, as most things in the world. And that came kind of as a surprise to me. I guess I knew it was coming and I've been watching. But the speed in which especially spam AIers, for those of you who don't know, you know, artificial intelligence, for people who used it to write really junk books and flood the market, astonishing to me, the 
publishing industry and Amazon and other online places are slowly getting those out of the marketplace and taking them down because most of them are just junk and you can tell they were written by AI. So don't do that. Anyone out there who wants to write a book and have heard that's the fast path, um, it'll just get taken down. You know, that was pretty astonishing in which the speed that came. Personally, all of us have personal issues that come up every day and surprise us and people get sick and people around us die and get married and have babies and changes our personal life pretty quickly, right? And that's just part of life. And it's all about mindset, I think, and just, you know, putting one foot in front of the, the other every morning. So you mentioned the AI. Yeah. I think I want you to elaborate a bit more on what is something that the majority of people get wrong? especially with publishing. And I think you could incorporate that AI into yeah. the answer. I think people put too much confidence in it. So I was using AI yesterday for researching something. This is just an example. It's something to do with astrology for a book. And I was researching it on AI for one of my authors. And luckily I know enough about the subject matter and it gave me a wrong answer. And I put in the AI, hey, that is wrong. I know this is wrong. Please double check your calculation here. And it came back and said, oh yeah, you are totally correct. This is the correct answer. And I think people assume that it's because the computer, because it's AI, it's correct all the time. And that is not true. Anything that's technical, astrology, math problems, anything like that, it can certainly get it wrong. And so you need to go back and double check. You have to remember AI is just pulling from other sources. It's not actually doing the work. It's pulling from other sources. The other thing is if you're writing a book, AI can be a great tool, right? GPT chat can be a great tool to help you come up with ideas, to help you research, but it does not replace your heart, your humanness. And I can tell Usually when I get AI writing or someone who said, here's my first draft manuscript, and I'll say, well, this feels like it doesn't have enough of your heart in it. It doesn't feel like it's got your personality in it. You can kind of tell when it feels very robotic, right? And if we want people to read it, which is the point, or listen to it, it's got to have the author's heart in it. So I think we can use AI in a lot of ways right? I think we can use AI to help us come up with writing prompts, to give us new ideas, to help us give outlines for a book or interesting chapter headings. We can ask AI to rewrite our chapter headings and give us different ideas, but we're still in control here. We still have to take responsibility for our book and our writing and choose is that what we want to use or not, or are we going to just flat out use what AI tells us. I never think it's a good idea ever to do what someone else tells us, a computer or otherwise. We need to be in control and make our own decisions. Just, just to elaborate further, are there other things people get wrong, generally most of the time, besides just AI? Besides AI? Yeah, people get book covers wrong all the time. And there's some things in publishing, but book covers is the number one. They'll send me a book cover and say, I'm in love with my book cover. This is what I want to use. And Michael, like, well, did you test it? Did you look and see if it's going to sell? Is it a book cover that stands out against others in the marketplace? It may be what you feel aligns with yourself internally, 
but someone picking up for the book for the first time, will they know what the book's about? Does it say what genre the book is? Very often I'll get a nonfiction book and they'll send me a book cover that looks like it's a fiction romance cover or looks like it's a memoir cover. There are subliminal things that we don't realize as readers that when we look at a cover, it informs us what the book's about, even if the author didn't mean to give us that impression. So we do a lot of research on covers before we'll do a cover. And as part of my consulting, I teach people how to do that own research for themselves and how to look on Amazon and how to see what's selling right now in today's marketplace. And very often we change book covers. If I work with someone who is self-published or has worked with another publisher and they still own the rights to their book, we may change their book cover. Sometimes that can make a big difference. So you seem like you're very experienced as a publisher owning this publishing business. And I'm thinking here, how do you kind of use that experience of yours to influence others? I think, you know, one of the things that I like to say is... Everything is up and down. When If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a podcaster, right, uh, no matter what you do in life, everything's up and down. My experience really is also a part of just the fact I've lived a long time, right? And so you learn to not take things personally. Writing a book is a very personal experience. It's very intimate. It's challenging for most people. And, you know, when I give feedback on a book, I try to give it with lots of love and good intention, because it's not about the person. And as an author, you have to remember the feedback's not about you. It's about making your writing better. And so I think that goes across all areas of life, not to take things too personally. Remember that it's just about doing the best we can do in the moment. And if someone else is out there willing to help us to do better, listen and then make up your own mind. Always about, you know, what's best for you in your life. I believe in human consciousness and that we know what's best for us. So I think my wisdom is not just in publishing. It is really helping inspire people to live their best lives. And through my coaching, it may include a book or it may include something like doing a podcast and helping others get their message out. What about being a TEDx speaker and a coach? Yeah, so I was a TEDx speaker coach for a number of years. And I like to tell the story that the night before I was supposed to go on stage, I was curled up in a ball and didn't want to go. And, you know, we all have our own fears and our own triggers and our own emotional wave, right, that we follow. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can't do this, right? It was like imposter syndrome. And also, I haven't prepared enough. All the things, right? All the things. And luckily, my family was there and my sister, you know, pulled me out of my funk and basically pushed me on the stage. And, you know, could I do better today? Of course, I could do better most things today than I could do a decade ago. Most of us can. Am I glad I did it? Absolutely. And, you know, that's a lesson for for myself moving forward. Just push through. I know the things that I'm supposed to do or that are going to be good for me in life and to do those and push through them. Not everything's super easy. And I find that that helps other TEDx speakers, too, and other speakers in general when I'm doing speaking, coaching or helping other people get confidence to be on stage. Things worthwhile aren't always easy. And if it's super easy, that's not pushing you to grow. 
internally and not everybody wants to grow. Not everybody wants to push themselves, but if you're called to do something and it feels hard, it doesn't mean it's not yours to do. It just means you're being pushed a little to grow and to stretch. And if it feels like it's something you want to do, then I would invite everybody to step into that challenge with speaking or whatever it is. Speaking's different. Well, it's different and the same as writing a book because you got to put yourself out there and show who you really are in order for other people to you know, resonate with it. So if you woke up tomorrow with a habit, what would it be? A new habit? A new habit. So if I got to just wave my magic wand and say, this was the habit I wish I had. Exactly. Ah, wow. There's probably a few. I'd probably make myself better breakfast <laughs> to start the day. I might work out in the morning rather than the afternoon. I might write more, write in the mornings. I used to write every morning. And that's a habit that has come and gone with me over the years. Sometimes I get back into it and sometimes I don't. You know, we always learn what we need to teach and teach what we need to learn. And so if I'm holding the mirror up in front of myself, it would be right every morning. That's the thing I know that probably would move the needle the most for me. So are there things in life that exhilarate you? I am still thrilled when we publish a new book. I'm like, it is such an endeavor. People don't realize there's like, you know, 132 steps to getting a book published. And most people skip most of them. And so they end up being okay books. But, you know, I like to put out really great books, polished books that look great, that feel great. I'm always thrilled. I love to travel. So even though I've traveled, not the whole world by any means, there's a lot of the world I have not. But every time I land in a new place or even a place I've been before and I get exhilarated. I'd love to travel, meet new people, step into new cultures, see what's out there in the world. And you think you do enough of it? Enough traveling? Yeah. Enough exhilarating experience. Oh, the older I get, the more I realize that Sometimes every day can't be an adrenaline rush and you got to go with what's going on around you. And so it may not be exhilarating, but I've got to find gratitude and joy in every day, even if I'm not having a really exciting day. Right. And it sounds so kind of old fashioned and spiritual, but there's really something very grounding about you can't change all the circumstances around you. Like I said earlier, people get sick and die and get married and have babies and good things and bad things. And we have no control over all those things. I don't have control, you know, if the weather decides to drop hail on my garden this spring. And so, you know, rather than for me looking for all the exhilarating excitement, I look for, am I contented, happy? Am I doing my work in the world? Is my family happy and healthy? And have I done everything I can do for my community and my life to help those around me? And that is an exhilarating life, I think. So speaking of exhilarating, how would you describe a passionate, driven, and ambitious person? What would that look like to you? So, you know, there's a lot out there right now about hustle culture is dead, right? And I don't know, I still feel like I hustle quite a bit. But I don't see that's a wrong thing for me. It's I've, I've got things to do and people to help and a business to run. And so whether you call it hustling or call it something else, I think you have to have some purpose in the world. 
And do I wake up every day raring to go? No, that would be unrealistic. You know, are there days I just want to go back to bed? Yeah. And I think finding some purpose helps you keep putting that foot in front of the other, helps you keep being passionate and driven in the world every day. And I've done a lot of work on purpose. I've written a book about purpose. I've I've taught and coached other people through finding purpose. Purpose is not this, uh, it is something you're born with, but it's also something you can choose. How it looks outwardly can change. What's internal doesn't change. So I have a drive to help other adults, right? That doesn't change. I could do that in teaching or coaching. I could probably do that a million different ways to help other adults, right? To teach other adults. There's a million ways that that could look out in the world. But internally, that's sort of what I keep coming back to. Most people have an internal knowingness. They're drawn to animals. They're drawn to helping the planet. They know they just want to write and communicate. They want to express through music. Most people know something internally that feels aligned with purpose for them. But you can choose how to put that out in the world a million different ways. Just because you feel drawn to music doesn't mean you have to make your living at music. Doesn't mean you have to go be a music teacher. You might just do music for yourself every morning for half an hour. And that's enough to keep you connected. Purpose and creativity and spirituality and your own intuition are all intertwined. And so if you stay connected to any one of those things, it will help you stay connected to the rest of those things. So creativity is a a brilliant way to tune into your purpose and your own intuition. If you can tune into your intuition, that will open up new levels of creativity and so forth. They all interact with each other and that will keep you motivated, you know, in life generally and to get out of bed on those days when you don't really want to. And, you know, I'm not talking about clinical depression. I don't want to get hate mail. Don't throw me under the bus if you've got something else going on in your life, right? So, Go get help if that's you or if you have high anxiety, because I know there's a lot of that in the world right now. I'm talking about if you're looking for your next step to stay really actively involved with your own life. So I'm thinking here, how does your coaching program help you resonate to others, both your unique vision as well as your purpose? So I take um, people through a process. There's a number of things. Everybody's different, right? So... I do do group programs, but I even in my group programs, I like to really get to know individuals and everybody's a little bit different. First thing we really look at is what is one thing that you want to do that you've never been able to do or that you're a little scared to do? We kind of look at some of those things. I mean, I was talking to my daughter yesterday. I've never driven a forklift or used a chainsaw. I'm not really drawn to do either of those things. I could learn to do them, but it's probably not in my life purpose because I'm not scared about doing them. I don't feel like I need to do them. I don't feel drawn to do them. If I need to learn how to do it, I will. I'll go learn how to do it, right? But when you say something to me like, do I want to get up on the stage in front of 5,000 people next week? I'm like, there's some fear there. I know that's going to stretch me. I know that even though I've done that before, it's still going to be a 
uh, moment for me. And so those are the kinds of things we're looking for. Something there's a little fear, a little stretch. I might go, well, maybe someday I'll do that, but not today. So we look for those clues. I also look for clues about, you know, what, what do you like to do? I know that sounds so cliche, but really, like, what do you like to do? Because that those are all clues for helping you get in touch with it. And you've got to be willing to try new things without any expectation of the outcome. Like, if you want to paint, just paint. It doesn't mean you have to be a painter. It doesn't mean you have to ever sell your work. It doesn't mean anyone ever has to see your work. Paint for the joy of painting. You want to dance, dance. You want to write, write. There's a lot of reasons to do things just for your own internal soul that have nothing to do with making a living or being a good person in the world. So you're a publisher, you're a business consultant, you do all of these different things, and you're also publishing a book or, 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 or it's in the process of being published. Can you talk about all of those things? Yeah, with my authors, you mean? Yes. Yeah, it depends what comes up. We might talk about those things. We have author calls every week. So if you're one of our authors, you can come into an author call. We'll talk about those things. We have virtual workshop days where you can come in and we'll help you with your creativity. So you can choose to participate in all these things we offer our authors. You know, the more support we can give our authors, the better they do, better books they write, more books they'll sell. And it depends if you just want to do coaching with me or if you're writing a book. So it depends what program you're in. But yeah, absolutely. So compared to other coaches, what makes you stand out among the mass majority? Of them? Well, as I said earlier, we teach what we need to learn and we learn what we need to teach. And that's part of what I teach is how do you stand out from all the noise? And I'm always looking for that. I think some of my unique personal gifts are that I can see the brilliance in other people. I can help you or anyone really find the gold nuggets inside of you. And so that's one of my gifts. I think just the fact that I have a lot of experience in publishing and coaching in general, right? I've been doing it longer than most people. And so I have worked with all kinds of people. I think that helps. The fact that I use my own intuition a lot and I ask other people to use their intuition about what's the right next step for them is probably a little bit different than what other people do. But ultimately, choosing your coach or choosing your publisher or working with somebody is a pretty personal decision and you just have to resonate. You just have to be like, is this someone I trust? Is this someone who gets me? And it goes both ways. I have to get the author. I have to feel like, yeah. We can work together. This is cool. I get you, right? I have to be able to see them as well. So I don't think it's a big, bright, shiny object that sets me apart. I think it's just an energy. We get each other. Is there any piece of advice here you could tell to anyone before we let you off here? If it's in your heart and you keep getting this nudge that you want to write a book, you want to be on stage, you want to start a blog, you want to travel to Europe, whatever it is, if there's a nudge that keeps at you, it means it's yours to do, right? Like I said, I had this thought yesterday, wow, I've never used a chainsaw because I saw someone using it, but it's not a nudge that keeps coming back to me. If I need to learn someday, I'll go figure out how to do it, right? But if there's something that keeps coming into your heart, someday I got to write a book, someday I got to write a book, 
don't wait for someday. It's probably now. It's a nudge that you can act upon. And don't worry about imposter syndrome or you don't know what you're going to write or speak about or you're not good enough. None of that matters. If you're getting that nudge to your heart, then it's yours to do. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Mrs. Van de Fast. This was an excellent, excellent interview. And I also want to thank you all for watching this show. I'll see you all next time. Thank you. It was a pleasure and an honor. I'm currently working on a passion project that I'm really excited about, but I need your help to bring it to life. We'll be launching soon our very own Jimbo Paris Academy. This is going to be about aspiring creators and creating concepts. Thank you for your support. I'm sharing free bonus content to supporters. So let's make some amazing content together. Our affiliate partner, LifeWorks Systems, focused on helping create a better collegial environment, looking at the mental health of business workers, business employees, and overall bringing the business up. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 